Customs and classic cars and trucks. Street Rod and Custom Radio is your inside track to today's automotive hobby. Now, here's your host, Dan Boots Longinette. Street Rod and Custom Radio, that's right, we're back. And it's Ryan Bakey and Bootsomania. Man, you seem like you're in a good mood. I'm in a really good mood. It's been, it's it, the the air conditioning's working. It's been so hot across our wonderful country. I can't take it. I mean, you got to have the air conditioning on full blast at all times right now. Last weekend, I hosted three car shows and worked at the local track, which by the way, we will have that gentleman on the show tonight, Jeff Knuckles. He is one of the three owners. And a sad thing for me, they're shutting down the local short track, which is Columbus Motor Speedway. Some of you know that I broadcast out of Ohio, but Sad day in um, history of my local area, but that's what life is. And and, and three now listen, I'm gonna break down my schedule for you. Friday night we had a big cruise in at one of the big local department stores for the Pepsi that sponsors Mother Big Show. Then on Saturday morning I woke up, did a live remote on that show, and did a hundred and sixty seventy car shows. Which in Ohio that's big. And Saturday. Yeah. It was hot. Oh, was it hot? Like the heat index where you were, I heard, in the town that you were in yeah. was 110. The highest in the state that day. 110. There are times where I sweat so much, I, I drink so much water, that I can't believe I sweat anymore. It, it makes no sense why I'm sweating it's, so bad. It's been so not only hot but humid that you walk outside and it's like you're wearing it. It's like you're in Texas yeah, in August. It's rough. It's rough than a night in jail. Better than three feet of snow, though. Yeah, that's true. Some people on listening to the show don't have to deal with that. But uh, great show today. We, like I said, we have Jeff Knuckles from Columbus Mercy Way, and we have Brad Scott, really interesting guy. He is the COO of New Jersey Motorsports Park. Motorsport. It's it's singular. Why is that? Motorsport Park. Motorsport. Maybe we'll ask Motorsport Park if we remember. Nah, if we, remember. we don't remember. I get all carried away. I you get excited. Do. We you, talk cars. You go off on your tangents. <laughs> So anyway, but but uh, you know, lately it's been great. I'm in a good mood. Uh, good guys was a huge success a few weeks ago. I'm looking forward to winter because that means SEMA, Barrett Jackson, all that fun stuff that we get to do. I'm pretty pumped. We up just there. had this talk last week. I was asking you if I needed well, to get my plane ticket we're ready for SEMA. So yeah, we'll get in our big suite at the Stratosphere. <laughs> you know what? I know why you're so happy right now too. Why? Because yesterday, Friday was National Wing Day. Is that what it is? That's why you're. I, just li- I do like to eat. <laughs> That's why you're so too happy. fitty. It yeah. just hit me. And 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 where I'm at locally, Super Chevy's in town. Super Chevy's back at it, so I get oh, to enjoy that this I weekend. Forgot about that. Yeah, that that's going on this weekend. So I'll be sweating, and, and I've only got about seven more weeks at the Speedway. And I flag. I'm the I'm the infield announcer. I'm in the pace truck. I'm I'm a little bit of jack of all trades, master of none there, but. But I know all the drivers. I care about those drivers. I've had stitches there. I've been hit there. I've had stuff in my eyes. I've had the hairs burn off my arms. You've really been crazy. going to that speedway since when? I started here. Let me tell you how I started racing there. Real quick story. Friend of mine, by the way, he passed away on a motorcycle, unfortunately. But he calls me up and says, hey, my cousin's going to race a, a car over to Columbus Motor Speedway. And I was like, okay. He goes, he's not a very good welder. Will you look at the cage? Because he knows I weld. Mm-hmm. He comes over to the house. I'm like, What's a Hyundai Scoop? A Hyundai Scoop. Remember the ugly little thing? I've things? never even heard of oh, a they're Hyundai nah, Scoop. They're, we called them Hyundai Poops. <laughs> but they're like a little two-door Hyundai, right? Okay. Shows up at the house. I'm looking at these worm welds. What a worm weld is where you didn't get it hot enough and you didn't blade one metal to the other and have the MIG in between. I was up till 4 in the morning from 6 p.m. to 4 in the morning welding, welding this cage up on a Sunday. 
And the reason I know this car's safe is because my brother totaled that car because I ended up buying that car. So the next that Saturday, I go down this freeway. I'm watching these crazy guys. I want to call it crazy compacts. This is where all this started. So I went to the auction that week, bought a 93 Beretta with 40,000 miles. <laughs> went and bought a Vega, a Vega drag cage with Jags, welded it in, took it out of my buddy's body shop. We twisted the frame so the geometry would be right for that track. I soaked all my tires, did all the cheating you could. I Googled all this. Went down there first night. I got fourth. I was one of the original seven. Now they start 30-plus cars in that division 11 years later, and I was wow. one, of the, I'm the, one of the originals. I'm an so, old guy. Again, when was this? What year? 05. 05. I raced there 05 and 06, and then I went to move up in divisions because I ended up fourth in points, and I was pretty – and I missed a lot of races because of work. Columbus Sports Network, this local sports thing, needed an, a racing expert, and that's where Jeff Knuckles threw my name in the hat, and I became a local wannabe celebrity car guy. Mm-hmm. And then I started my other show called Auto Smarts Radio, and then I luckily teamed up with Alan and the guys on the West Coast, and here I am in all kinds of stations, and I made Craziness. friends with you, and now it's 11 years later, and it's the time of my life, and I couldn't be a happier guy. Now, but. be honest. Yeah. That last night, I'll seven cry. weeks from now. Okay. I'll cry. I've I'll be through But I'm taking a fake microphone. And I'm going to put the good mic in my pocket when no one's looking, and I'm going to spike it and go, I'm out, like a rapper. You know how they go drop the mic? <laughs> but I'm going to spike it. like I'm going to like dance and, and do like the uh, icky shuffle. The master of illusions And I go, you are. Boosh, I'm out. I want to shut the lights off when I do it. There. If you're going to do the icky I am. shuffle. I I'm going to do the icky shuffle. But anyway, great show tonight. Like I said, Jeff Knuckles on the show from Columbus Motor Speedway and Brad Scott from New Jersey Motorsport Park. You're tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Lunginette, my buddy Ryan Baker in the fishbowl. The Craftsman C3 19.2-volt 3-speed impact driver boasts three user-selectable speeds to help you get your project done right. The low-speed setting helps with projects that require precise control. Medium speed prevents overdriving, and the high speed will give you the power and speed to get the job done fast, delivering up to 3,500 impacts per minute and over 1,600 inch-pounds of torque. Craftsman, made to make. Available at Craftsman.com, Sears.com, Sears Hometown, and Sears Hardware Stores. Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. I got Brad Scott, and Brad Scott is the man at New Jersey Motorsports Park. And I'm telling you what, kind of jealous you're so far away. Millville, New Jersey, that's kind of a tongue twister. Millville? It's kind of cool. Millville. Millville. Millville, New Jersey. And that's a nice part of New Jersey, right? Down by the shore, we're about two hours outside of New York City, about an hour out of Philadelphia, and probably, you know, 40 minutes from Atlantic City. Wow, I mean that's amazing that you guys opened us back in the late oos. Well, so eight or oh nine, you said. April two thousand eight. April two thousand eight, especially when the economy the way it was, so that was probably a perfect time to get the land and start things building because everything was so slow at that point. That's when the recession was starting to hit big. So now you guys are sitting in a catbird seat. Yeah, we opened up at that unique time. Our land was reasonable. Um, we started construction in 2006, 2007, completed in 2008, and our first professional race was uh, Grand Am in that year. Wow, that's cool. So so you guys basically, give me a quick overview of exactly what you do there. I mean, I know you have a track, and it sounds to me like professional guys that want to take their Lambo or their Tesla or their high-dollar BMW and go out for some fun, they can just rent a garage there, be part of the team, and take their car out. Am I on the right page here? 
Yep, Boots. I mean, it's a 500-acre facility. We have two unique road courses, Lightning and Thunderbolt. Uh, Thunderbolt's two and a quarter miles, and Lightning is 1.9 miles. So two road courses. We also have two karting tracks that are a half mile each that uh, will put together or a mile in length. So we have three unique uh, road courses that, you know, as you said, professional series, clubs, the two-wheel side, all can come out and experience uh, these unique uh, road courses in Jersey. Wow. Talking with Brad Scott, he's CEO of New Jersey Motorsport Park. And I got to ask you this, Brad, do you have an on-site mechanic area where, because I'm thinking you bring a new uh, 2016 Corvette out there and you're killing it, you're going to have to put brakes on it, you're going to have to put tires on it. Where do these guys and girls get their cars serviced? You know, it's funny you ask. We just, uh, we're opening, hopefully, uh, later this month, a 15,000 square foot racing uh, modification facility for that intended purpose, as you were talking about, for not only can people trail or drive their cars down to the motorsports park, but if something goes wrong or if they just want to change the brakes or tires, they can use our racing uh, maintenance facility. Or uh, we are we're, we are working on phase two of our exotic car garages, which are really condominiums for the car lovers who can you can store your cars right on the property and right on the devil of the Thunderbolt Raceway, private ownership condominiums for car lovers like us who, if you're coming from Connecticut or Delaware or Philadelphia, you can drive down, trailer down, keep your cars there, work on them, store them, entertain that, entertain right at the property. Mm-hmm. Great, great project we introduced. You know, it would be a good idea, too. You think, you know, all these major companies in the last 20 years have these team building, you know, you're gluing popsicle sticks together, making bridges, going bowling, all this corny stuff. What a great idea if the, if the owner of a company and super successful has a few exotics, if he could do a team building thing. And I'm probably, I, and Glenn, I've never had this conversation with you, but I'm assuming there's some of these guys that bring their high-dollar car out to let their employees do a few laps. Am I on the right track there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of corporations in the area who do exactly what you're talking about. They'll, they'll bring their, their personal cars, or they'll, they'll do the rental exotic car or exotic cars with the Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and come out on the road course and do team building. And what what a better what 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 can you do better than having your number one guy in your company in the right hand side of right. one of these performance cars? Going around the front straightaway at 145 miles exactly. per hour. Can you imagine having a meeting going, okay, do you guys want to build popsicle bridges or do you want to make some hot laps in my Lambo? I think an opportunity to negotiate <laughs> uh, you know, employee reviews, increases, decreases. Oh, the only reason I say the popsicle bridge because that happened to me. I ran a big Ford dealership. I was one of the upper management, and this idiot, this gentleman came in. I should say idiot, and came in with this popsicle bridge idea. We sat in a room for eight hours and hot glued together popsicle bridges. I thought to myself, my goodness, there has to be a better answer. But anyway, when we come back, we'll have more with Brad Scott. He is the COO. And we're going to talk about his partners, how this thing came about, and how you yourself, if you have a high-dollar car and you live a few states away, how they can accommodate you or maybe let you through the door. We're going to find out that because I might want to sneak over there and do some hot laps myself. You're tuning into Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette. We'll be right back after this. 
on the track, even one hundredth of a second decides who wins and who loses. That's why Bridgestone uses advanced racing technology to create their fastest street legal replacement tire yet. The new Bridgestone Potenza RE71R. Engineered with an innovative hydro evacuation surface and unique tread compounds, the new Potenza RE71R is designed to give you maximum grip and ultimate cornering on or off the track. Bridgestone is changing the game in tire performance. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Welcome back, Street Rod and Custom Radio. I'm still with Brad Scott, COO of New Jersey Motorsport Park, over in Millville, New Jersey, right along the airport. You said, right? Next to the Millville Airport. Okay. Well, there you go. So, how many cars are usually housed there during the week? Uh, we we get up to twelve thousand people with cars wow. that will come uh, weekly to the racetrack for. All kinds of reasons for club rentals, for our membership program, to watch races. But, you know, we get up to 600,000 people each year come wow. to the motorsports park. What, what, what haven't you accomplished yet with it? Because everything I'm looking at, all your notes here, I'm looking through everything, but it sounds like you guys are spot on. Is there one thing you're trying to accomplish that you haven't got through yet? Well, we just started our exotic car garages, and we completed phase one, okay. which consists of about 10 units. Uh, we're into phase two, and we're almost sold out, so we're, we're hopefully moving into phase three. So this whole lifestyle, this racing uh, lifestyle community we're looking to develop, where we're, we're starting the, the program, but we're, we're going to move forward quickly, and that's the biggest accomplishment we're working on right now at the track. Oh, perfect. And, you know, and, and, and we need more of these across the country, and I'm afraid... I mean, how do you handle the younger generation? Because I'm afraid that the cars are going to die off here soon. I mean, two weekends ago, people were driving around looking for Pokemon, Pokemons, whatever you call these things. And I'm thinking to myself, whatever happened to going out and cruising around and having fun? And I'm, I'm, I really fear that in 20 to 30 years, a cool car will be a Leaf or a Prius, and it just won't be there anymore. Please tell me we're going to save this. Yeah, it, it's a grown concern throughout the market, but, you know, in our facility, we're, we're trying to really harvest that and, and keep the focus and the interest of our youth. And one of those ways we do it is in our karting facility where people can come out with a very low cost, get behind a wheel, go in these nine-horsepower Honda-driven nice. uh, go-karts to go around the track, you know, 55, 65 miles an hour, and get that passion into our youth. and. Uh, we, we all have to stay focused, not only on, you know, the televised events, but the sport and continue to drive it just like the um, NBA and the NFL do. We need to continue to harvest our new customers and fans right. into the sport. I mean, how cool is it? Do you, do you guys work with any of the, like, um, I don't know, inner city schools where you bring the kids out and take them riding these cars so they can... You know, because the media right now says rich people are bad. And, 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 you know, I remember when I was 19 years old, I had a guy take me a ride in an old, old Countach. And, and I always dreamed from that day on, someday I want to have one of these. How do I get one of these? And, and I, I want to, I try to reach out. Like when I, when I roll around in my show cars or some of my higher end cars, if a, if a, if a younger kid that doesn't seem like he has much, I'll even let him take it around the block if he's got a driver's license which is probably crazy, but I want to tell him it's not bad a thing to be successful in life. That's what America's all about. I mean, do you guys do any of that? Yeah, Boots. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot of hard work. Uh, we have a couple 
experience that we try to get the inner city kids involved. And we we have a stock car uh, from the Arca series that we you know we, we will take out some of our you know up up and coming fans. Um, you know we we have some um, you know Maserati pace cars that we use, the Subaru pace cars, and Miatas, and and all you do is put them in front seat, back seat, do some parade laps, show them the excitement, show them the speed. Show them the, the unique experience they can have, and hopefully that will get them embedded into you know our industry, our sport, and the rest of their lives. That's cool. So it is important for all of us to focus on. Right. Talking with Brad Scott, COO of New Jersey Motorsport Park in Millville, New Jersey. And, and Brad, let me go back in some time here. What was the first car that you ever owned? Uh, I had a, a unique question. It was a... 69 350 Firebird. Nice. Uh, yeah, which, um, you know, I, I remember when I was a teenager, we had a little drag strip, probably at that point, 45 minutes from our house. All right. You were able to drive your cars, and we all met down there as teenagers and did a little driving. Right. And was it was it a, was it a pro, pro touring car or was it a drag car? No, it was, it was a street car that, oh. you know, we went down there and, and did the quarter mile. Okay. But that that was kind of you know my introduction to speed into cars, um, you know very early on. Well, I mean, do you know where the car is, or is it just long gone? Uh, no, this car is long gone. Did, did you... boots that, that was back in my earlier days. You, you wiped it out, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think I blew the engine. Probably sold the car. <laughs> uh, you know, cried a little bit over it, but. Um, a toaster. Got married and moved on and had kids. Right, and then you got a station, and then you got a minivan. That happened to the <laughs> best of us. So, so what? What is your personal love right now? What is the car you love to jump in that you own that you go fast in? Uh, you, you know, you know, there's, we have a couple Porsche 911s that are great track cars. Uh-huh. You know, that you can open up and especially on Lightning, which is a more of a technical uh, 1.9 mile course that I absolutely love. To go out, um, you know, we, we have a couple. Uh, the stock car is just your classic, you know, Arca stock car oh, that way. has a complete different ride. Um, that also let, like to play around with yeah, a little big, bit. Big old T Bird or what kind of bodies on it? Uh, yeah, the big, big old you know, T Bird <laughs> style uh, body and right. a lot of horsepower, a lot of uh, get up and go. Well, Brad, it's been a pleasure. Can, more information, what website do people go to? Uh, it's njmp.com. Okay. Uh, njmp.com. Njmp.com. Brad, it's been a pleasure. COO of New Jersey Motorsport Park. We'll have you on soon, and I hope I can sneak over and take a few laps with you. Take a drive down. Love to see you down there. All bro. right. You're tuned in to Street Rod Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots, Longinet, Ryan Baker, and the Fishbowl. <laughs> The Dodge brothers weren't big on self-restraint, and thank goodness for that. Because when you're always pushing the limits, you engineer cars like the available 370-horsepower Dodge Charger with a Torque Flight 8-speed automatic transmission. It's why Dodge is the only brand that grows as fast as it drives. One drive and you'll discover why Dodge is America's fastest-growing performance brand. Data is calculated using the latest available year-over-year retail vehicle registrations. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. And I have a special guest on the show. And, and I want to share a quick story before I get Jeff Knuckles talking. He is the manager of the Columbus Motor Speedway. For those people that don't like me, for those of you that love me, and it's this guy's fault. So if you have any complaints, this is the guy you contact. Because Jeff Knuckles and I became friends back in 2005 when I started racing these little cars called Crazy Compacts. I had a 93 Beretta, and he's the one to put my name in a hat way back when uh, start calling racing on TV. Good or bad, but here I am, 11 years later, still flapping my jaw. Well... Let's see, I started broadcasting in 07, so nine years, but known Jeff since, oh, 05, and Jeff, welcome to the show, and uh, I know there's some news, good, bad, and ugly, whatever you want to say, but we're losing a legendary track in the state of Ohio in the one of probably the oldest small tracks in the country. Am I correct by saying that? Did you really say people should call me to complain? Yes. That, <laughs> it's, that right? it's your fault, Jeff Knuckles. There you go. With no K. Google Yeah. No. It's, um, yeah, Columbus Motor Speedway, been around uh, a couple of years. My grandfather uh, and six or seven other uh, World War II veterans purchased the property. First race, we actually found the um, news clipping, October 19th, 1946. Wait, it was wait, a motorcycle October race 19th? Was it dirt? Well, it was dirt. Yep, dirt. It was dirt uh, from 46 through uh, mid-1957. So uh, wait, but back safe. then, what what kind of heart were they racing? Harleys or Indians or? Well, yeah, a lot of Indians. Uh, you know, I think there might have been a Norton in there, but I'm not really sure about that. Wow, how, what, when the Norton uh, name brand started, but um, yeah, Indians and Harleys, I <sighs> presume. That would be so um, cool to have some of them. So yeah, it was a dirt track, and uh, you know the the beauty of the motorcycle. Uh, world is is the um, at least the, in the uh, flat track world, uh, dirt uh-huh. uh, is that the motorcycles are laid down sideways in the corners, right? right. And uh, so the the guys decided to make it a very round, probably one of the roundest third miles I know of. There's really not much of a straightaway at all. Right. Um, so th- they designed it that way, and uh, it's been through a lot of uh, iterations. With uh, it's been widened a little bit over the course of the years and obviously paved and we've done some repaving and some different things to right. try to make it um uh, just recently to try to make it more passing and and you're definitely uh, but doing yeah, that. It's, it's a challenge so uh, so so let me go back a little bit you know you said five or six seven guys got out of world war ii back then money was scarce but they took their war bonds or whatever well, how did they get like war money they had saved up i mean how much did they start out with like a thousand bucks or something that's a good question. I'm not yeah. sure I've ever really uh huh. actually I actually I did stumble across the um the uh real estate records and and I yeah, I want to say it was you know 3 to 3 or 4000 dollars. Oh for, my goodness. For the main uh the main property that the track itself sit on sits on. Wow. It's about 20 acres, I believe. Um of course since then we've added a parking lot and some other area and have 49 acres now, but it's been around a long time. One of the, um, you know, we won the 2009 the National Promoter of the Year award, um, so pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my grandfather owned, uh, or, or he and, and this uh, group that they at, for a while called the Columbus Motorcycle Columbus Motorcycle Club uh, owned the facility. He uh, over the course of maybe you know six or eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, continued to, to to gain more shares from the other 
members who dropped by the wayside for one reason or another. And right. then um, he passed away in 65. Uh, and at that point in time, um, there were two other members okay. left, and my father uh, bought them out. So wait, let me ask you this. What made those guys decide to go from motorcycles to cars just because motorcycles were dying off at that time, or there was more money to be made because they were a motorcycle club? What they say, hey, let's get some old uh, 39 Fords out here and 32 Chevys, and let's get busy. You know, I think it was, yeah, I think it was, um, there were some issues with, with uh, my grandfather, or my dad actually told me with with getting enough events okay. in motorcycle events, you can only at that time the AMA kind of had a, a stranglehold on things, and they could only run a couple events a year. Mm. And at that time, everybody else was starting to race race cars more and more, and it was becoming a you know very very popular and growing uh, very quickly. So uh, I think they saw an opportunity to to cash in a little bit and to, to grow the company and the um, and the speedway. And that's probably why some of the guys fell to the wayside, you might say. They probably was like, no, this is a motorcycle track, and it'd be so great. I mean, I know you love to see your grandfather for many, many reasons, but I would love to sit down. And your dad, he, he, may he rest in peace, he died a few years back, but I remember sitting on the golf cart with him, and every time I was with him, he'd tell me a cool story. And, and and I can't imagine the stories your grandpa had in, in such a simple time in America where no one cared about the noise. The whole family came out. They bought some popcorn, bought some Pepsis, chilled out and watched some racing. Now everything's so complicated. And the sad part is you guys are finally selling the place. I understand why. And, you know, after 71 years, this legacy is going to be gone. And it's it's like when I go to my hometown, every school I went to is torn down now. Heck, your to- your, your school is a motorcycle shop now. But but every time I drive by that, I remember those thoughts. I mean, how's that going to feel for you when you drive by and, and now it's going to be a big professional soccer arena? Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, you know, there are so many short tracks in the country. Um, I, I said I said years ago, probably 20 years ago, that I figured one day the, the uh, short tracks or the, you know, small um, stock car facilities, uh-huh. uh, racing facilities – would eventually go the way of the drive-in movie theater. Right, uh, was going at that time, and it's it's come to fruition a little bit. Um, there certainly are still successful ones, right. and quite honestly, we're having probably our best year in fifteen or twenty years. All right, well, Jeff, hold that year. thought because I'm going to go to break, and when we get back, I just want to hear a little bit more about that. I mean, what made you decide to sell it? We got a uh, how many eight weeks left, and just so the people at home and around the country can hear. The passion you have for the place, and actually the passion I have for that place. If it weren't for that place, I wouldn't be here. You're tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette, and Ryan Baker and a Fishing Bowl. Alan Taylor here, and I wanted to share the news with you about the new Haynes Manuals Online. They're the worldwide leader in vehicle repair information, and they now offer online manuals that are formatted to fit all electronic devices. With Haynes Manuals Online, you get all the trusted content of the Haynes Printed Manual, but with so many added features that help you get the job done right. I ordered one for my car and accessed it right through my tablet. There are now over 180 Haynes Manuals Online available covering cars, trucks, and motorcycles. You can order yours today at Haynes.com. Welcome back, Street Rod and Custom Radio. I still have Jeff Knuckles of the Columbus Motor Speedway, and we usually don't do a lot of 
you know, hometown regional stuff, Baker. But but we really want to talk about this because Columbus Motor Speedway has been around for 71 years and it's coming to a close, coming to an end. And it's, you know, Jeff, let's face it. Uh, I'm going to be rude for a second, but you're not 25 years old anymore. Your brothers are both in their 60s. I mean, at what point do you cut bait and and just retire? You know what I mean? And and that's the thing. You guys made a decision. I think you got a fair market value, which we're not going to discuss what you got because it's nobody's business. But the fact that you got fair market value and you guys can move on to bigger. And finally, your kids can race. <laughs> well, there's just so many things we want to do. We want to see, you know, I tell people owning a speedway or quite honestly any business. When you own a business, it's like owning a dairy farm. you got to milk the cows every day. And even mm-hmm. though we only race. 25 times a year have race events. I mean, there's test and tune, you know, two to three days a week. You, you got to be there to, you know, there's just, there's just, I'm there, we're there every day. Well, you know, the boots. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, my whole family uh, is down there, um, you know, Sunday morning at eight o'clock, cleaning bathrooms, picking up trash, whatever it takes, you know. So it's, it's just a lot of work and owning your own business. It's great because, you know, you, you've got some flexibility. You know, if you want to leave at four o'clock to, you know, do this or do that, you can you can get away, but there's still responsibilities. So it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, not, you know, I tell people also there's been a lot of things I miss, and there's going to be a lot of things I don't miss. Yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with how many cars did you have last weekend? Just give the people at home an example of how many different personalities you have to love or deal with. You might say. Well, we, we average 24 to 25 cars per division. We run four divisions on a, on a nor, at least four divisions on a normal, normal Saturday. I mean, there's a lot of tracks that run six, seven divisions, which I think is silly. And they'll end up getting six or eight cars in each division, which again, unfortunately is, is the norm around the country, mm-hmm. especially in the pavement world. It's just the car count has just been so challenging. The front gate's been challenging and it's, you know, there was a lot of people probably listening that, that may be participants at a short track uh, here or there. And, um, you know, a lot of people inside the industry, inside the sport, blame blame the problems with racing on costs, on, you know, rule changing all the time, on, on a lot of different things within the industry. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I mean, it, it's got much more to do with forces outside the industry or the sport. Right. And and the bottom line is, people are not nearly as entertained anymore with motorsports as they used to be. Yeah, and do um, you think that's because of all the media pressure of going green garbage? I mean, you know, it's funny if I bring one of my lefty friends that's all about going green and don't like race cars and don't like this and don't like that, but I bring him to the track. I still see him come every week. It's kind of like, oh, really, hypocrite? But you know, I don't. I think people are uneducated. What really goes on? You know, when it comes to racing fuel. Race car people don't spill racing fuel for the record because it's so much a gallon. That's the last thing you want to do is spill a gallon of five dollars worth of gas. Well, I think it's it's you know as far as uh, it's got a lot more to do. I think with kids these days. I mean, boots. When you and I were growing up, our identity well, for some of us, our identity, their <laughs> identity is still their car. But when we were growing up, the vast majority of people our age, our identity was our car. Oh, yeah. We couldn't wait to get a car because we were going to have a baddest car and we were going to put craggers on it and the exhaust system and mm-hmm. we were going to do this or do that. Now, today, the millennials and the, the kids that are 16, 17, 18 years old, 
they don't really care about cars. The car is just transportation to them. And it's unfortunate, but it's, it's, it's just the fact of the matter is their identity nowadays is their smart device, mm-hmm. you know, and that's also their escape. You know, our escape was going to be our car. We could go, we could go to the, the mall. We could go here. We'd go there. Heck, if somebody wants to go to the mall, they can do it on their phone basically and buy a, you know, $300 pair of tennis shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much, so much of that going on that, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, what we are interested in, uh, um, or uh, say motorsports people, or anybody for that matter, you're much more likely to be interested in fishing, in motorsports, and whatever, depending upon what your parents mm-hmm. took you to and what you experienced as a child. Jeff, you mentioned the cars. What's the biggest change you've seen in the cars over the years? Standardization, I think. And I tell people all the time, the, the development of the, of the speed industry let's in, in all the facets, but let's say just the short track facet, whatever, if you're running a, a dirt track with sprint cars, if you're running a pavement track with late models or stock cars, there's much the, the standard of the industry has been defined so much better over the course of the years that they you all go you, everybody goes with one type of car, this manufacturer, that manufacturer. And back in the day, when everybody built their own car, which nobody does anymore virtually, mm-hmm. but when everybody built their car, the, fat, the smart guys were a lot faster than the dumb guys. Mm-hmm. Well, now all a dumb guy's got to have is a credit card, and he can <laughs> buy the same car that the smart guys got. I know a few of those guys. So, so it's it's great that the speed industry and the you know the SEMA shows and the the uh, PRI uh, shows have developed, and so many companies are earning a living, and so many people are earning a living off of motorsports and right. producing cars or engines or hind joints or whatever the case may be. The bad part of that is is that it makes all the cars more equal, which makes passing more difficult. It costs more money. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of downside to the um, to all the development of the speed industry as well. Right. Well, Jeff, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate – I think the area of Columbus, Michigan, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia – been a lot of legends raced that track, and you, your family's been legendary. And we thank you for 71 years of pleasure. And I'm going to do the positive side of it. Your family deserves it. You guys worked hard for it. And you know what? It's just sad. I just hope that, that other tracks stay open. And if anything, it's to keep the legacy going. And, and I'm glad to see that the local city that bought you guys out will leave a little bit of something there. So, Jeff Knuckles, thank you for 71 years of wonderful service to our community. No, thank you guys for having me on. All right. Jeff Knuckles, ColumbusSpeedway.com for more information. We'll be right back after this. You're tuned in to Street Rod Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinet and Ryan Baker in the Fishing Hole. The Covercraft products you know and trust are now available directly to you at Covercraft.com. You'll find custom car covers manufactured with high-performance fabrics, Carhartt seat covers in new Realtree camo patterns, dash mat dashboard covers, Colgan custom bras, specialty protection products from K9 covers, and a whole bunch more. Be sure to use the code DRIVE at checkout to receive free shipping in the continental U.S. Get protection for whatever you drive at Covercraft.com.
Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. Pretty good show today. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. But a little motorsport, motorsport talking. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't realize that you actually knew of New Jersey Motorsport I do. Park before. I do. And, and I'll tell you why. That local complex or building where we live, I'm on the board of that. And we use that as a uh, case study of what those gentlemen had to go through to get that handled. And it is sad in the world we live in that, that people look at what affects them. Morals are based on experience in our wonderful world we live in. Think about that. It used to be you, if you stole a candy bar, you got caught, your dad beat your bottom and, and didn't beat you but spanked you. You went back to the grocery store. He made you apologize. Mm-hmm. He made you sweep the floors, whatever, and you learned a valuable lesson. You Nowadays, you go, well, why did they put the candy bars where it could get stolen in the first place? I mean, come on. Or you do everything you can yes. to hide it. Yes. Or the parents try to hide it. Don't ever do that again, but can I have a bite? But, but, but the problem is, with racetracks, everyone's quick off the cuff to say, shut them down, they're noisy. I just built my house outside. Or some ding-dong builds their house next to an airport. This isn't environmentally friendly. Yeah, says who? You know what? I go to the races every Saturday night, and I'm here to tell you we have four divisions on average. And those four divisions, between all four of them, barely break 100 laps. An average lap is 15 to 18 seconds. Now, I don't know how much noise that is to you, and I'm not going to do the math right now because I'm a calculator, but it's under a half hour worth of racing. Now, it stretches out because you have wrecks, you have intermission. So basically, if you live by a racetrack or you build a house by a racetrack, you're going to hear noise from 8 to midnight. So what? Think of what it does for the community. Number one, it brings police around, which keeps you safe. Number two, it brings economic growth, which is a good thing. Bring jobs to the community. That means the gas station sells candy bars as long as your kids don't steal them. But <laughs> the gas is sold there. It's just it's what happened to our country. As great as I love our infrastructure over in our states, the thing that bothers me is the fact that it killed small cities. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate the big box chains. I don't get caught up in all that. But when I was a kid, we always went to the little grocery store in town. Mm-hmm. But when they expanded the route through my area... We were able to travel while it usually took a half hour and 10 minutes. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it did put all the mom and pop stores out of business. It's just called life. But to shut down racetracks and shut down the automotive world, like everyone's got this new, I don't know, this agenda of cars are just terrible. And and then they argue with us that Priuses are the answer, electric cars are the answer, but then they want to shut coal mines down and they want to build windmills and windmills kill birds and these are the same people that worry about birds mating because of a racetrack but you'll put 800 windmills out there that freeze by the way and then when they freeze we get old vietnam helicopters with these big diesel powered heated water ladles ladle what i'm looking like a big pot and they're non-environmentally non no converters on them Farm diesel heating this water up so this outdated helicopter can fly over a fan and pour water on it to break them loose because they're frozen so they kill more bald eagles. I am so confused with the world right now. Unfortunately, you can't win for losing. I know. It's like, let's take baby steps. Let's not shut coal mines down. And when, when Johnny, you know, liberal girl that hates racing can't use her iPad... She's going to freak out. I can't charge my iPad. Well, that's because we shut all the coal mines down. You know, baby steps. The funny thing is, and we actually just talked about this a couple weeks ago when uh, you brought up the 54 miles per gallon is what the government wants cars to be. And guess what? They just lowered it. But I mean, like we said then, listen, cars are getting 24 now, let's say. Let's work on 29, 30. Exactly. Then we can go to 34, 35, you know, like baby steps. It's like these uh, yeah. these uh, chains, uh, store chains that you see all of a sudden. 
there's four of them in one town. Right. You know, in two years they're going to be gone because they outjumped what they could grow. Right. Cause they think, but they they are smart enough to to put bricks around the dumpsters. So when they're empty and homeless guys are sleeping around the dumpsters, it looks pretty. Demon That's crying. nice though for them. Yeah, they, need, uh, they, they needed need something good to look at. And hey, I, I mean, sad we're, is home. we're being silly sad, there a but, little but bit. Homeless but. is sad, but, but but what I'm saying is, just take baby steps. I guess one minute mile was a big feat at one time. I couldn't do it in a car, probably. But but you know, when the guy first ran it back, when probably in the th- I, I'm not a track guy, but the one minute mile was a huge. Remember when the guy did it? Nobody's ever his... ran a one minute mile. What is it? What's I think the... The, it's like three something. It's ah, not one minute. Something I screwing that up. You can up. barely get a car to go a mile in a minute. Yeah, that's you what know, I'm thinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad I said it. But I'm trying to make an example of it takes time. It's kind of like the way racing's evolved, the way football's evolved. You know, some argue if Jim Brown was a day, around today, could he run him through the linebackers? Like, but who cares? I agree with you. The 54 miles a gallon is impossible. It baby steps. Right now, at least. But the government just reduced it because they didn't think trucks and SUVs would sell so fast. they got to make trucks and SUVs so there's more jobs. So that's the thing. I'm, I'm on them. I'm so embarrassed, but but you know what I'm trying to say. And go support your local track. Yeah, local, support your local tracks. Is you tell you what you're going to, you're going to shake your shoulders and someday it's going to be gone. So we'll see you next week, same time, same channels, and all that fun stuff. Hopefully, God willing, Ryan and Baker and I will be back. You've been tuned in to Street Rod Custom Radio with your host Dan Boots Montana. If the measure of a car was how many people it turned into people who love cars, the Subaru Outback would be worth its weight in gold, thanks largely to its symmetrical all-wheel drive. Unlike other systems that wait for a wheel to slip, it powers all four wheels all the time, all while with better fuel economy than midsize SUVs. And the fact that the Outback is made in a zero landfill plant doesn't hurt either. It's a car that is truly built to be loved. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. 